Welcome to the Teach the Geek podcast, where engineer and author Neil Thompson talks with STEM professionals about public speaking, a struggle for many of us. Whether you're a novice public speaker or a proficient one, you can always pick up tips on how to improve. Here's your host, Neil Thompson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson, founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering of the platform is a public speaking course called Teach the Geek to Speak. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Today, my guest is Elizabeth Payne. She's an engineer, but she's also an empowerment coach. I'm really looking forward to learning more about what an, um, what an empowerment coach is and, and also how that transition from engineer to empowerment coach came about. Welcome to Teach the Geek interviews, Elizabeth. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. First question I have is, I, from the bit of, of research I did on you, I saw that you studied mechanical engineering. Where did your interest in mechanical engineering come from? That's a great question. I actually, as a teen, was really into cars. And my original plan was to go to work for Ford Motor Company. So I chose mechanical engineering because that would give me an opportunity to go into the automotive industry. Yeah, and I also liked to build things. I wasn't really into chemistry at all, and I was not into electricity, or the other option at my university was petroleum. So mechanical definitely spoke to me. But yeah, my initial interest came from being into cars. Did you eventually go and work for Ford? I did not. I still have a love for cars, which funny enough, now I have a Tesla and I'm very into, you know, alternative fuels and things like that. So it's kind of ironic, but no, I never did go to work for them. Oh, okay. You know, it's a good question. I feel like when I was a teen, it was a lot cooler to me in my mind than what it was going to actually be. Like I thought I was going to be designing the car, like the whole car, right? Like just you're, you're in different parts of the process than you realize. So like as a 14 year old, it's different than what it really is in real life. Yeah, that's for sure. That's actually a, a great segue to my next question. Working in engineering, is it what you thought it would be? That is a really good question. And I would say yes and no. Definitely for me, the role, the engineering role that I had was very people oriented, especially I was in leadership. So it was a lot of people management. So that part of it, probably not so much. I knew that I would go into leadership eventually, but when you're in engineering school, you think you're going to be doing calculations and lots of science and math. And I ended up doing a ton of people development and people management, which I loved. I have a natural um, calling, you know, to do that. But overall, I guess when you're in high school and college, you know, you just don't know. I always joke with people, you go through college just to make sure you can get through it. And then you figure out what you're going to do after, right? Like it's not really, engineering is so varied. Every role is so different. And whatever you think you might be doing is probably not going to be it because there's so many options. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I often get the sense that when you, especially when you're in high school, if you're good at math and science or, you know, one of the two, 
people will try to, well, people will tell you, well, perhaps you should go into engineering and then maybe you, you take that advice and then you find out that the work isn't exactly what you thought it would be and then you end up leaving because, because it's not, you, you, you know, you're not really, you're not enjoying the work, but you yeah. know, not just because you're good at math and science doesn't mean you should go into engineering, I suppose. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I mentioned that you're an empowerment coach now. Where was the motivation to become one? So I mentioned that I really have a knack for leading and developing people. And I found myself at age 30 at rock bottom, actually, Neil. I was successful from the outside. I had a really great job and I was married. I had a new house, dogs, all of the things, right? From the outside, it looked really great. But I was unfulfilled. I was happy, but I always say I was the most unhappy, happy person. Like I seemed to be really happy and positive, but I wasn't connected to my passion. I didn't have a clear vision for my future. I was very disempowered by beliefs that I had that I had carried with me a long time. And I was kind of following just this path that I had naturally followed that I had never thought about. You know, is this for me? What do I really want, right? Like I had lost connection to my dreams and my desires. And at 30, I had someone come into my life that changed my life. She offered me new beliefs and perspective shifts that I had never thought about. When you are around the same people your whole life, it's not likely you're going to hear new things because they're going to keep telling you the same things. It's just a natural part of life. So when I had someone new come into my life, everything started to change. And my I just had such a transformation in my own life. And one of my favorite things to say is awaken your freedom. And that's what it was for me. I felt so suffocated and locked in. And I was telling all these stories that I actually didn't want to carry to my future. But I was stuck in the stories. And after she helped me and just absolutely changed my life. It became my passion to do the same for other people. And I already had that connection with leadership and people development. I love building relationships. So it was kind of like this little fire that burned inside and then it grew and it grew and it grew. And then it was like, I can't keep this in. I have to share this with other people. Hmm, that's interesting. So as a, as an empowerment coach, what type of services do you provide your clients? Yeah, that's a good question. So I do work with people one-on-one -on -one, and the commitment is either three months or six months. It's a little bit longer of a commitment because we're actually doing, we're doing the work you could say, which means we are working with the beliefs and the thoughts and the habits that are creating the stories that the person doesn't want to tell anymore so that they can get some clarity around what they really do want and make that happen instead. A lot of my background is actually in subconscious transformation. So 90% or so of our brain activity is subconscious. So the thoughts, the beliefs, the habits, they're just stored in there because you can't think about everything that's going on every day. You would go into, you would, your brain would overheat, right? Like you can't, relearn how to tie your shoes every day. It's just not possible. So people don't realize, and I didn't realize it when I got to that point at 30, 
all of the programming that was underneath the surface. So I work with people to dig out what's in there and have them take a look at what do I actually believe? What do I want for myself? And what am I doing in life that's not actually for me? That's, 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 a, that's a lot. Is, is, there, is there a certain, I guess, type of person that you work with? That's a good question. I work with people that freedom, the word freedom really lights them up. They get excited about the word freedom. That is the key word. I work with people, Neil, that are ready to step into their power. So it's people that are ready to kind of take their life back and just tell a completely different story, a story of abundance and success and freedom. You really are here to feel good. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. They kind of get in this mindset of, I'm kind of halfway living my life. So I work with people that are ready to fully live their life. For the people that you end up working with from the beginning to the, the end of their, their time with you, what does that transformation actually look like? Oh, that's a great question. And that's one of my favorite parts. Honestly, people ask me often, like, what's your favorite part about coaching? And that's got to be it. Like seeing that transformation firsthand, it's so beautiful. I would say most people come to me, they are usually unsure about what they want to do. They're not connected to something specific for their future. Oftentimes they're pretty embedded in whatever they're doing. So it's kind of like you said, you kind of get um, not pushed into, but you get steered into certain things, right? And they're at this point where it feels like they're snowed under by life and they know that there's something more for them. Like a lot of people I work with, they say, I always had a nagging feeling that there was more right? Like I had a nagging feeling that there was something else I was going to do, or they've always had an idea in their mind of something else they want to do, but they feel locked in by their current circumstances. So for most people from the beginning to the end, they feel good, number one, because that's one of the main things we work on. So if you're waking up every day and you're kind of mediocre or not even feeling great, you'll get to the point where you're feeling good. Like you wake up and your life lights you up. It's like, I can't wait to live this day because that's really the way it should be. But the other good thing is people have a vision. They have clarity, right? Like they, they finish with me and they're just deeply connected to a future that really excites them. Hmm. So for the, also for the, the, the people that end up working with you, what does that end up looking like? Do they have a weekly call with you? Do they yeah, have, that's okay. a great question. I love these questions, Neil. So for the three months, we meet once a week, three times per month. So it's, it's a nice balance because it gives people an off week to really calibrate and integrate with everything that they're learning. And the six month, it's for people that either they want to move slightly slower or they might feel busier. We meet every other week on that one. So that gives them an off week in between to calibrate and integrate and make sure they're, I, I give homework, you know, so they got to make sure they get their homework done too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was, I was actually kind of curious about that. So after the, the calls, they have homework they need to complete by the next, uh, for the next call. Yeah, exactly. And the homework could be just not to scare people, but it could be journaling, right? It could be journaling on specific topics. It could be paying attention 
on one specific day, what are the things that are really tripping you up? Like what's really dumping your mood down into the drain? You know, what are the main triggers? We work a lot with triggers because triggers are just old emotions that have not ever been cleared, right? So we work a lot with that. So the homework, it's not, it's not going to be anything like physics homework or calculus. It's getting to know yourself better. And there's so much power in that. Well, because you work one-on-one with people, I'm guessing the needs of, of one person are going to be different than the needs of another. So the, the homework that these people end up doing is going to be different from person to person? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you're right. Everyone that comes to me is on a different part of their journey. So there's homework for one person that the other person would never, never experience. Yeah. Do you work with mainly women or do you work with, with both genders? Both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a natural thing for me because my engineering career, you know, I mean, there's more and more women, which is great, but in engineering, it is more, more men than women. So I was used to that in my engineering career as well, but these concepts and, you know, empowering yourself to live a life that lights you up totally for every single human being on the planet. So I work with everyone. Determining the homework for the individual person, is that something that you, you come to while you're, you're talking or do you have a sense of what the homework's gonna be before the session? I normally have a sense before the session based on, before our first call, there's a pretty deep dive of where the person's at and where they wanna go. And normally, it can, I can kind of map it out based on that. But if somebody comes to a call and something has come up that week that needs to be addressed, then you know, we're not going to bulldoze over that or bury that in the sand. So it can always shift and adjust. And then between calls, some people don't need it, Neil, and some people do. I offer support via WhatsApp. So it's like we can text. And sometimes people just have little questions about the homework or they've got one situation that came up that they're needing some steering on. And some people don't really use that at all. It kind of just depends on the individual. When it comes to the, also when it comes to the homework that you assign people, how did you determine what the homework is? I know you mentioned journaling as being one of those Mm -hmm. essential homework. Where did you even get the idea for journaling? Journaling has been a big part of my journey. I go through journals like crazy because Truly, most people, there's so many layers on top of who they really are. Like they're not connected with who they are. So you don't have connection to their intuition, what people might call like a gut instinct. And for me, that journey that I went on from rock bottom, a big part of it was journaling and dumping out all the shit that I'd piled up in my head so that I could move on. And oftentimes, People are resistant to journaling. I don't exactly know why, but once they do, they find that it's so powerful. And there are specific tools that I teach people to use in the journaling. Like there's specific types of questions and there's specific tools that they use inside of the journaling. So it's not just, hey, I'm journaling about how my day went. You know, it's actually very specific tools that we use for the reprogramming of the mind. Okay. So when it comes to the journaling, is it certain topics that they have to hit or certain questions they have to answer? It would be, it could be topics and it could be questions. 
and it could deal with older things and it could deal with current day things. So a lot of times when people come to me, Neil, they're, they're stuck in a story, like I mentioned that, like they feel like the story just won't quit repeating itself in their life. Normally that story is rooted in something old. So a lot of the work that we do is journaling, like when did I first experience this story? And, and looking at those old pieces of the story. Is there ever a, a time where the people that work with you want to work with you longer than the six months? Oh man, you're asking the best questions today. <laughs> I love it. Yes, actually, that does happen quite often and I'll tell you why. People come to me usually for one specific thing, like they have one thing in mind that they either want to get off their back or accomplish or achieve or maybe they want to transition out of their corporate job. Maybe they want to you know, move into a new role, whatever it might be. But the tools that I teach and the support, the guidance that I provide, it's so powerful that they find at the end of our time together that there's all these other things they want to use the same approach on. So they stick with me so that they can just keep on making changes their whole life. For me personally, when I hit rock bottom at 30, I initially just wanted help with one specific thing from the coach that I had. And I found in my own life that, wow, these same tools and this approach, I could apply to everything. So I did. And I find that's common with engineers because a lot of engineers are driven. A lot of them have a little bit of that perfectionism or maybe a lot of perfectionism. So they want to go all in. Once they see that life transformation, they're like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this on all these other things too. Do you work mostly with engineers? You know, engineers tend to be drawn to me, I would say, probably because of my engineering background and probably also because they're driven and oftentimes perfectionist. And I would say oftentimes, yeah, I don't know. But overall, I wouldn't say that that's the majority. I work with sometimes entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders. It really is. I like to, to keep it open. Okay. And you mentioned that the work that you do is with one-on-one. -on -one. Do you do any type of group coaching? I did have some in 2019. This year has been abundantly busy and busier more so with the quarantine and such because I feel like more people, I have seen more people that are ready to take things to the next level. It's kind of like I don't know if it was a wake-up call, if you know what I mean, but it was like, I don't really want to drag my feet with this anymore, or maybe certain things in their life were taken away, so they realized, you know, I'm not as happy as maybe I was pretending to be. So this year, my passion has just been totally focusing on one-on-one, -on -one, but probably in the future. Okay, and for something that you would do in a, in a group coaching sense, I guess it would have to appeal to more people. It can be kind of a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. What yeah, so with group coaching, what I've done in the past is I teach the same tools that I teach in one-on-one. -on -one. The person's not going to get as much personalized one-on-one -on -one support, probably not going to be as much of a deep dive, but I've always had great results with the group program. It's nice to have support of other people, you know, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this yeah. has been really interesting learning more about empowerment coaching. Oh, one other question I had about that. So from the people that I've, I've spoken to, I think that their story is kind of similar to yours in the sense that there was a problem 
they reached out to somebody that helped them address that mm-hmm. problem and, and they they like the results so much that they want to teach it to others do you, yeah. do you continue to have a coach yourself that's a great one too so i actually had a coach often not not often on so i had the first one and that was six years ago when I got my first one. And for a solid six years, I always had one. And I just finished with my last one in April and have not linked up with anyone because I always, you know, it's got to be the right fit. It's got to feel like the right timing and the energy is so important. And right now I'm just in this really groovy spot. But for six, over six years, I invested in myself and had one. And I'm huge I'm huge on that. I mean, it would be weird for me to tell other people how important it is to invest in themselves. I wasn't investing in myself. Yeah, so powerful to have someone. I like to say that having a coach is the greatest time collapser. For me, I feel like the things that I learned and the growth and the transformation would have taken, you know, somebody maybe 30 years. But because I had a coach the entire time, it collapsed time yeah I, I often get the sense that when it comes to coaching you know when it, when it comes to just buying things in general and you, and you use your money to buy things so for instance you go to the supermarket you buy lettuce you, you give them the money and then you get lettuce but when it comes to coaching you're, you're giving your money to somebody and then you're and then you get something back but you're not exactly <laughs> sure what that something back you're going to get is and you have to kind of manage people's expectations as to yeah. what they should be able to get in you know three to six months do you ever have an issue with kind of explaining to people what the, what would be reasonable to expect from the three to six months with you that's a question i do get from time to time and one thing i always tell people and you know it is what it is you get what you put into it right so i have some people that are more committed and they're more, more ready to just blow their own socks off when it comes to their transformation. And they are doing the homework and they are all in. And then you have some people that where they're at on their journey, they're ready to start moving, but they're not going to go at 100 miles an hour. So that would be one of the things I would say to people is you really, as ready as you are, that's what you're going to get out of it. The other interesting thing, and I don't know if you've ever found this, but I talked about triggers, like how there's so much power in looking at our triggers because a trigger is something that just needs to be healed inside. With coaches, I have found over the years, you're never going to find someone that you 100% like align with and agree with. You're not hiring your best friend, right? A coach is someone that is supposed to call BS on you if you need it, lovingly call BS. They're supposed to challenge you, give you different perspectives and like help you with your beliefs, right? So it's not always, wow, I want to pay this person to be my best friend. I'm paying them to help me expand and grow. And sometimes that might be that they frustrate me or trigger me, but there's so much growth opportunity in those moments. Yeah, for sure. Well, in addition, well, I assume that the the answer at least partially is empowerment, but what other topics do you enjoy speaking about? Oh, that's a great question. So one I talk a lot about, which we don't really, we're not going to go into today, is alignment. And basically with empowerment, I empower people to find alignment. And alignment means so many things. But one of the that I 
also do, which is homework people have, is it's a different way to work with visions. Like you've probably heard of people writing visions or in the corporate space, people have visions for a project they're working on. But when you have alignment, that means you have a vision and you align your beliefs with the vision. Because if you have the most beautiful vision in the world, but you don't believe that any of it's possible, then you're going to be paddling upstream. So I work with people to find alignment. Once they have that clarity of what they want in life, it's finding alignment with the vision. So I love speaking on alignment. And then the other one is money mindset. So whenever it's, it's a different approach. So it's money mindset from the approach of what's all the programming in your mind that's actually keeping you stuck in lack. And that was a big part of my journey. So I, I do love talking about that too, like how to have a millionaire mindset. That's cool. When it comes to public speaking, do you, is that something you've always been good at? And if not, what have you done to get better at it? That's a good question. And you know, growing up, everyone always told me that I just never stopped talking. It's like, do you ever stop talking? I'm a talker. I love to talk, which that helps, right? That I do love to talk. As far as getting in front of a crowd, I would say the number one thing that has helped me and that has helped people I've worked with to have more confidence and to be more sure of themselves is clearing out that programming. So that programming piece that I talked to you about, it applies to so many things in life. And if you have bad self-talk or poor beliefs, you know, if you have beliefs about yourself that you've been caring for a long time about not being good enough or it could just be really a lot of different things, right? When you get up to speak, that's going to show. It's going to shine through. Instead of your beautiful, brilliant, genius energy and magnetism and magic, what's going to shine through is all that stuff that's in there that's screaming louder than what you really want to say. So for me, the biggest thing was clearing all that out so that I could show up as me. You know, I think you're, I think you're right about that. If you tell yourself that, you're not very good at public speaking, you'll be right. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Do you have a process for putting your presentations together? And if so, what is it? A good question. And I wouldn't say that I do specifically. I don't do a lot of, most of my content creation is either live speaking engagements or well before this non-travel thing. Right now it's video. Right. So mostly with video, I have the idea that downloads into my mind and I just go with it. I just, I just go. And thankfully I can normally not do a lot of takes and I can get it. I think with video, the key is you can't be hard on yourself. Like you could literally nitpick yourself for hours, right? Trying to get every little word, right? That's not what people want. They don't want perfection. They just want to be able to, to get the message and relate to you. As far as getting a presentation ready, like if I was speaking to a large audience, I actually used to, when I wasn't so confident and when I had all those bad stories in my head, I would feel more like I needed to memorize something very specific, like a specific script. But now I'm able to kind of have the idea for what I want to say, and I just let it flow. It's a really beautiful place if you can get to that spot where you just trust yourself. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever get nervous before an engagement? And if so, how do you deal with your nerves? 
nervous. There are tools that I teach people to deal with nervousness. And thankfully, I'm really skilled at using those tools for myself. So I, if I ever feel it, I am able to use the tools. Now, nerves can be excitement, right? And that can work to your advantage to, to get your energy up. It's just you don't want the nerves to, to turn into fear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right about all of this. You know, you've given some really great tips today, Elizabeth. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to add? It was so great chatting with you, Neil. You asked the best questions. I would say one of my favorite lines that I would like to end with is, if the vision is for you, or sorry, can I start over? If the vision is in you, the vision is for you. And that is so powerful for me because all those years, I had dreams, I had desires, I had these thoughts in my mind of what I wanted to do in the future. And I questioned, is that even possible? Is it for me? But the truth, the bottom line truth is that you wouldn't even be given the idea if it wasn't for you. There's no tease in life. And that's really what I want people to hear. For sure. And thank you for letting me know that the questions were good. If they weren't good, I hopefully you would have kept that to yourself. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> thank you. So how can people get in touch with you, Elizabeth? You could find me on LinkedIn. I'm active there. And then my website is easy. It's elizabethpain.com. And on LinkedIn, DM me. My Instagram's also listed on LinkedIn, if that's your thing. I don't know if anybody's really into Instagram. But, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find me is LinkedIn or on my website. Wonderful. Well, everyone, that marks the end of another edition of Teach the Geek Interviews. My name is Neil Thompson, founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. Check out the public speaking course, Teach the Geek to Speak. It's geared mainly to engineers and scientists, but anyone can take it, I suppose. You can find out more about it at teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Neil.